Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine, and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Welcome everyone. This is episode 33 of Being a Leader in the Yoga Industry with a very special guest. Her name is Naya. Ra- I'm going to get this report. Rappaport. Rappaport. And Naya is, um, wow, where do I start with Naya? Naya is uh, an incredible um, yoga instructor. She's also known actually as a I read up on our website as celebrity yoga instructor, um, yoga teacher, movement advocate, social media creator in the health and wellness sphere. Um, and Naya lives here in South Florida in where I am living to Delray Beach. She also owns her own yoga center here locally. And she teaches 200 hour and 300 hour yoga trainings at Yoga Journey. Um, and also, Am I right? Don't you do real estate as well? Yes, I am a property manager. And the 200 and 300 hour trainings, I did study at Yoga Journey, but I teach them at my studio. Um, It's called Space Unknown. Oh, yes. Yes. You need to update your website, Naya. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So welcome. I'm excited to have you here. Hi, Uh, thank you so much for having me, Amy. It's such a pleasure. (laughs) So, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I know I just introduced like all your talents and abilities, but where do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Definitely um, a lot of titles, but overall, a human being in this experience and just learning every single day. I consider myself a movement advocate because I do appreciate any type of movement, specifically dance and yoga and yoga and the asana practice, because yoga, there are so many different aspects to the practice that um, a lot of people may not be aware of about because it's all that we see in social media and commercials and magazines is all about the asana, all about the postures. And that's really cool. And um, but for the most part, I consider myself just all around movement. I don't shy away from um, any other exercises. It's It won't be my preferred. I do love yoga and I've been practicing since I was introduced to yoga at the age of nine by my mother, but I've been practicing daily since 2012. So it's been a minute. Yeah. Did you, um, so how old were you when you found, when you started practicing like kind of more daily? Uh, 2012. So that was a few years ago. Um, and almost a decade. (laughs) So you've been practicing a long time. Pardon? You've been practicing a good 10 years. So what yeah. made you want to come become a yoga teacher? I took my yoga teacher training and I took the training with the intention of just learning more about the philosophy, what is this, and diving deeper into the yoga practice for my own personal reasons. And then after the training, I just decided that I needed to share all the information that I just learned and dive into the 
health and wellness sphere. And um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I'm very passionate about yoga. So it was just a great combination. And I started to teach children. Um, so yoga for kids. And that led me to teach at Yoga Joint, at Yoga Journey. And then I opened my own studio in Delray Beach recently, um, a part, uh, about a year ago. I own it with two of my best friends. Space Unknown is the name of it. Such a lovely Yes. <laughs> And so I wanted to kind of, so I call today's show like being a leader in the yoga industry and beyond, because I know you're not just a leader in the yoga industry, you are in a leader, a leader in everything you do. And um, you have to be a leader to open up your own business and to like run multiple businesses. And I'm always very impressed because, you know, I go to your classes here at Yoga Joint and um, I get updated about what you have going on at Space Unknown. And I, I also see you on social media. And so I see that you have a lot going on. And I'm always like impressed because it's like teaching yoga is a real dedication. Like, um, and it's not always one, like at the beginning in a way, it's not always one that's also that financially beneficial, <laughs> like teaching yoga, but you've actually managed to, really create a career with this and actually make it like sustainable for you and for and actually like create an impact with that in the world is that something that you strive to or does it just happen naturally i am very blessed to have the support of my family but starting um the yoga practice and this was actually told by me in the kundalini training because i 100 percent realize that yoga is not lucrative. I am fortunate to be on social media and to be sponsored by a company named Allo Yoga. And I've earned a lot of my income via Allo Moves and what they have going on. But um, definitely going back to yoga as a yoga teacher is very challenging to make a living 100%. And um, the more lucrative aspect would be doing a training and teaching yoga enthusiasts how to become teachers. And I think this is very, very delicate because you are, you know, it, those are like the future leaders or the next generation of yoga teachers. And you want to make sure that what you're sharing is, um, it is, is very great information for them to take out there and share with the rest of the world and everyone that's practicing yoga. It's, it's beautiful because um, there are so many 200 hour yoga teachers. And before that wasn't the case to become a yoga teacher, you had to have, you know, be with a spiritual leader for, you know, 10 plus years, and then they would give you the chance to teach. But now it's more like, okay, you do your uh, 200, 100 hour and go out into the world and teach. But going back to, you know, where, how am I sustaining myself? So social media definitely does help. Um, commercial real estate. I'm a property manager that helps. And going back to what my teacher told me is that yoga is a passion. It's beautiful. You want to teach awesome, do it for the love that you have inside of you and your heart and teach everything that you know, no matter to who it is, to who, whoever is seeking, don't rely hundred percent of your income in just teaching yoga, because if that's the case, you will become bitter or you're going to withhold information. Mm, I love that. That's a great piece of advice. Well, I think it's great not to be dependent on any one thing for income. Like, I think 
we're such multifaceted beings to have multiple things you love and have multiple things um, you love and some you get paid for and some you might not and some might make you um, make you great profit and some might not but it's like because if you make thing it just about the money you lose the joy of it he's so correct <laughs> yeah a hundred percent so um I definitely took that to heart and that's why I just continue to keep my hustle <laughs> I just always think well one of the things I admire about you is that like you are you have so many different like projects and businesses going on but you still show up every every week every couple of every week a couple of times a week to teach your weekly classes and that is a massive commitment like to keep teaching keep showing up to those classes to teach week after week after week and I know some people might look and go well it's only an hour but it's not it's the going there, it's the teaching, it's the leaving, and there's a lot of energy you put into those classes. Certainly, <laughs> it is. It does become a lot for sure. Um, it depends on where you live, where the studio is, the commute time. You got to get mentally ready and prepared. It's like public speaking as well. And again, when you're in a yoga class, you're doing all these poses. You want to be with a teacher who you trust. And you are, you're in a pretty vulnerable state as well. Moving through the sequence, you want, you know, a safe, intelligent flow to go through. And a lot of people put their trust in the teacher. So I personally have to be mentally prepared to go and teach a class. I theme my classes every week. So I continue to study. Um, uh, my best friend's a nurse. And uh, just like nursing, you have to stay up to date with the new medicine, with what's going on and so forth. So yoga, you have to learn somewhat, have a nice background with uh, anatomy of the body as well as uh, Eastern anatomy too. So it's just th things that I know it's only an hour for the individual that's experiencing the journey. But for teachers, we, we do put a lot of work into what we're doing and how we're teaching the class and so forth. We want everyone to have a pleasant experience. And part of the experience is the teacher, their voice, their presence in the classroom and how they hold space. Yeah. And I have to say, you actually hold a beautiful space. I'm so Thank grateful you. for your classes. You don't try to fill the space. You just speak when required and then leave the space when required. And that's actually a gift. I'm not really sh sure everyone can learn that. <laughs> um, but I wanted all to ask you, Naya, um, so how do you manage everything? Like, how are you like juggling all these different things you go on, you have going on? Well, I think what you mentioned right now is juggling <laughs> and we're all juggling stuff. Um, what helps me is to see what stuff needs to be done by a certain period of time. So, um, as a beautiful procrastinator that I am, <laughs> and also a recovering perfectionist, it, there's a balance between things. And I realize that if something's coming up to date, I need to get it done, so forth. So I make a list of priorities like, okay, this really needs to get done by this time. And then I can work on the other stuff. And it's just like, um, my cell phone is beautiful. That's a beautiful management tool. I don't really keep a journal. I have started and I haven't been able to accomplish not one year entry of a full on journal. I'm not, I like to write, but I'm just not a consistent person when it comes to that. So really getting to know myself, for example, I don't like journaling to, <laughs> to, to be honest and real and to know the time that I truly need that's adequate for me to have a 
positive amount of stress, the stress that allows us to accomplish goals, but not the stress that, you know, will become overbearing because I just have so much weight on my shoulders. So time management, priorities, and just working with a nice amount of stress to get stuff done. Yeah. If that makes sense. Do you run your own social media? Because just for the listeners out there, Naya has like a massive social media presence. If you want to go check her out, um, it's at Naya. How how do we spell your? Yeah, so you could do my full name, Naya Rappaport, or you could do Nayita VP. So it's N-A-Y-I-T-A, V as in Venus and P as in Peter. And um, that's my social media handle. And I've been on social media for about the same time, uh, maybe like 2011 or something. So Naya has like a big social media following and she posts some incredible pictures. She can do some insane things with her body. That is amazing. Um, and it's real art. It's so beautiful. So like, do you do all that? Like your, your, do you run your own social media yourself or do you have people helping you? Um, thank you for the kind words. And <laughs> I run my own social media. So I'm, uh, I'm dictating what I'm putting out, the comments that I make. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I follow, you know, whoever I want to follow and, uh, making sure I post at least consistently. And I actually enjoy it. I enjoy social media. I think it's really beautiful when, um, used for the intention that you may have, whether that could be cooking or health or just comedy, whatever it is, go with the intention that speaks to you. And you could definitely find purpose in uh, social media and inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just finding that line where, where it, is it creative right now or is it just distracting me, you know? Yeah, and that's a really have, thin line. Do you have, like, boundaries for yourself in that? Like, do you have, like, okay, this is my time to go on social media and post the picture on an update, my profile, and then get off? Or how are you with it? <laughs> I'm pretty laissez-faire. Like, it's yeah. just um, whenever I want to, I'll just hop on. Whenever I have to disconnect, I'll disconnect. I've been, um, I've hosted retreats where we don't have Wi-Fi. We don't have signal in general. So we don't use our cell phones. And it's absolutely beautiful. At home, I have a strict rule of, like, after, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, my phone's on the plug. It's over there. I don't answer anyone. I don't even see text messages. Call me if you need me because then I'll listen and then I'll pick up. But other than that, I wouldn't know what's going on. Oh, I love that. That is actually a great rule. That is actually <laughs> really good. I had another client who used to do that too, and I just thought it was brilliant. He used to turn his phone off after 6 o'clock and not answer it. And at the weekends, it was yeah. off as well. That takes discipline. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. Check it, check it. And that also creates like, it creates this, it creates like it's a healthy boundary to have that you're not constant. Because I know that in this world, there's so much pressure, you know, especially when you're creating your own business to be on social media, to be showing up, to be posting several times a day. Um, And a lot of it isn't even creative. It's just, you know, you're being told what to do. Certainly. Um, I've had companies that I have collaborated with and it was beautiful to set healthy boundaries with myself and just think like, okay, do I want to collaborate with them? Is this serving my purpose? How does it feel? Do I feel pressured to post this or is it coming out organically? 
And from there, I could determine if I want to continue or not. Once social media becomes, that's another thing. Once it becomes like a job for me that I must post and do this and that, it takes the love of it away. Like I, I post a lot of dancing things. So if someone mm -hmm. told me that I need to dance to this song or do this and that, then I would be like, no, nah, I don't feel like it. You know, it has to be a feeling from within. Yeah, you have to like the song. <laughs> totally. I, got, I just got to be into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the healthy boundaries with everything that we do in life though, like we could always get carried away with things and um, it's just taking a step back and having that openness with yourself and yeah. just being real, just being completely honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it taking your time, your energy, distressing you out? Those things are happening and it's not inspiring you. It's not fun anymore. It's time to like maybe switch a little, little bit and just see where to go from there. I love that. Thank you. There are some great questions to ask. Mm -hmm. So I also wanted to ask you about like, so you just I recently said, opened up um, the Space Unknown, which is your yoga center um, in Delray um, in the last couple of years, right? It was COVID times when you opened up. <laughs> yeah, yes, we opened um, last year and uh, we completed a year in September. And now we're a little bit over, a little tiny bit over a year old. And it's been definitely a journey because like you said, we opened during COVID times. And as soon as we opened the studio one month in, we had to close for about two to three months. And um, still there, it's a boutique studio, by the way, it's a boutique experience. So the max amount of participants we could have is 14 with yoga mats. And if it's just meditation class or something like that, we could have about 25. Um, and it was challenging. Landlord was very pleasant, <laughs> very thoughtful, but after a while you have to pay up because the landlord also has to pay taxes and so forth. It didn't stop for them. So we just had to um, open back up and do the best that we could with what we were given, which is online yoga classes. And hence the equipment is very expensive and all that. So we did the best that we can. So now we're just doing um, in-person experience. We still have some workshops that you can do online, but the whole aspect of Space Unknown is that we want to tap into community and we want to see people face to face. And um, I understand that not everyone feels comfortable, but thankfully for the vaccines right now, the boosters, um, other health, health measures that people are taking, they're feeling comfortable enough to attend classes and be in classes now and we're filling up. So I'm very grateful for everyone that does trust us and our space and um, they feel comfortable enough to join us. Yeah, I love it. I still haven't made it there. I am going to come, I promise. I have it in my diary every week, belly dancing Wednesday. And then I just have to um, send my husband out to do something because he tends to be off on Wednesdays. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely need that quality time. Yeah. And um, so do you want to talk to us about your retreats? I know you've been lots of beautiful places like South America for yoga retreats. Have you one on yes. before? Is there one for 2022 coming? Yes, there are two retreats for 2022. Uh, the first one is going to be in January. So right after all the holiday craze um, and festivities, I am hosting along with my best friend, Salila, the nurse that I spoke about. Um, she's also a yoga teacher. 
and my partner in these 200 and 300 hour teacher trainings. Anyhow, we are hosting a retreat in Mexico, Mexico. It's going to be on the West Coast in a place called Zihuatanejo. And it's at an eco resort, which is called Playa Viva. And that's going to be at the end of January, five days, an immersive experience for going through the chakras. And the chakras are, for those that don't know, it's um, energetic wheels that we have from the base of the spine to the crown of the head and yogic anatomy. And these wheels um, spin and they govern certain areas of the body. And the way that I like to, giving you a brief overview of this, uh, the way that I like to describe the chakras are that um, they're tied with your emotions. So for example, when we are experiencing grief or extreme love, we feel it in our heart space, chest space. When we are nervous, you may feel it in the belly, right? So these are like energetic points within the body and those are known as the chakras. So we're going through the chakras for that specific retreat. The next one is going to be um, for my birthday weekend. So that's going to be more of, you know, in Dominican Republic. Super fun, um, a lot of playtime, and it's a whole fitness um, and wellness retreat because not only am I hosting it, but uh, two other amazing teachers are going to be there, AJ and Georgie. They're in um, animal flow and different modalities of movement. And we also have my friend from uh, California who's coming through. He's a ceremony facilitator. So he'll be facilitating some uh, awesome ceremonies in Dominican Republic with us. So yeah, two retreats. <laughs> I love it. What, what date is the one for your birthday? It's going to be at the end of April. So the last okay. weekend of April to like May 1st. And that's going to be so that retreat is Thursday through Monday. And the other retreat is going to be through uh, Tuesday through Saturday. So it's different dates and um, just giving options to everyone because yeah. some people are free during the weekdays and then some people are free during the weekends. So we got two options. Yeah. Do you, um, do, is all that on your website? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And do you offer the 200 and 300 hour yoga teacher trainings at the space unknown as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I would like, what would you say to Naya, like um, people who, you know, like I did the 200 yoga teacher training a couple of years ago and um, I did it for me, you know, like I was similar to, it's like, I didn't necessarily want to teach yoga, but I, um, or like, I, like I've, I've taught a bit of yoga, but it wasn't something I was ever really going to hundred percent commit to. Like I'm more committed to like ecstatic dance and um, like dance and movement as, like getting that out in the world than I would be to yoga, but I practice and yoga is my therapy. Um, and I'm not sure how I'd live without it. But the yoga teacher training, like so many people think like, oh, I need to want to be a yoga teacher to do it. But it like, it actually gives you so much information around your practice and around your body and your movement. And even like being present with your body, it's such a gift just to gift it to you for your own personal development. Yes. I second all that. It is a true gift to give to yourself, especially if you're a yoga enthusiast and you want to deepen your practice on all levels. And also, we are all curious beings and learning the history behind what we're practicing is really powerful as well. Yeah. And I think what as well is like it can be intimidating to like, like, I know even I was like, oh, I'm not good enough to do a yoga teacher training 
you know, like, like a lot of us have these points of views, we're not good enough, but actually, in fact, you could like, you could have never practiced yoga and do a yoga teacher training. Like you don't need to have, I mean, you could, you should probably go do a few classes first, but like, you don't need, like, I think sometimes we set ourselves up that we need to be perfect. Like you talked about the perfectionism before you choose something, but what if that's actually part of the journey, you know, like in choosing those trainings, you become, you get the information that you might've been missing before. Because in classes, you you don't learn the history. You also, what I loved about the yoga teacher training that was like poses that nobody ever broke down for me before were now being broken down and actually started to make sense. Like I know now what, what I was been asked to do all these years, you know? I think that is so important. I know I even have it on my website and it's intended to be this way. Classes are all levels, but are they really? We're all coming from different walks of life, different experiences, different injuries and all that stuff. So if you're going to take an all levels practice and then we may get carried away with looking around and, you know, not knowing that's another thing because there's like a third language here, there's Sanskrit and also learning the yoga terminology, like what's a high lunge, low lunge, where's my weenus, my, you know, whatever it may be, like the people say stuff that we may not be able to understand as, as students. So you're learning a language just by entering the yoga room already. So I think what you, you said is absolutely amazing and true that when you do take a 200 hour, or even if you take a private and have a one-on-one -on -one before going into a massive group class or after your massive group class, and you're like, I have no idea what was going on. I felt good, but I want to try it again. I want to know what I'm doing. I highly recommend a private if you're not taking a 200 yoga teacher training and um, a private will have that instructor that can, you know, break down these poses and tailor things uh, more to your body and, um, what's going on within it because we all have stuff and that's just reality as we grow older as well and through different stages of our life so that's really important and um yeah so postural breakdown is a really really good one for us to focus on the asana and be able to take these group classes with um to be able to prevent injuries because that's the heavy hitter we just want to protect our bodies like yeah oh i love it <laughs> And then it's funny because even in talking, like I done the 200 hour and now I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do the 300 hour. Like, again, like just to like enrich my knowledge and my practice again. Um, and it's like, like, are we willing to actually, like you even said, like book a private session. Like I remember getting some private yoga sessions with you know, one of the local teachers here. And like, I learned so much from one private session, you know, like just like, again, having someone work with you, just specifically you and how your body works. And he was able to show me certain things like that. Like, so I have like, um, I have like kind of double jointed elbows. Like they, they, they jerk out like, and uh -huh. so um, when you do like um, ch chaturanga, you know, and you do like you push down and then like when you hover off the ground, that actually is not easy for me because my elbows like, like they, they keep going out rather than in. And I always yeah. thought I was so wrong. And I honestly, I used to think I can't do yoga teacher training until I get this pose right. Because everyone else in the room could do it and I couldn't. And I used to judge myself. And when I did that private with the, with, um, it was Peter Pad Padalino, 
and he was aiming your elbows like that's just the way your elbows are like and i was like oh and he was like there's nothing you can do about that and i was like oh okay that's fine so i'm not that fucked up (laughs) (laughs) and just that information of understanding how your body works and it won't look like every other body in the room and it's not supposed to can really give you a lot more ease um, and that you don't have to look like everyone else, you know? A hundred percent. And that's the, that's a little bit of the trouble that is going on for these all level classes is that it's all levels in there. So like you mentioned, you're looking at someone else and they're doing their chaturanga so beautifully. And you're like, I want to look like that or whatever it may be. Like I may do it, be doing this wrong. My elbows are completely outward. Yeah. Well, okay. So these are like the little things that you could work on. And how about the options and modifications to maybe like drop down the knees mm-hmm. because you know, this tries to push up and just even like something as minimal as your hand placement can cause wrist, wrist injuries. And that's, I think that's one of the major yoga injury injuries that there is wrists, elbows, and shoulders. And it's by little habits that we create on the mats. And um, those habits, you know, can have an effect in the future. Yeah. So it's just a little things. And um, going back to what you mentioned too, like, you know, oh, my practice isn't all that, whatever, your perception of your practice. And then you're like, I can't take a yoga teacher training. I'm not worthy, whatever. All these stories that you keep formulating in the mind that you have to have a good asana practice to take a 200 hour. Um, Many of my students, they took the 200 hour training and three, well, I'm doing a 300 hour now, but they asked me like, oh, do I have to have like a really good asana practice to be a good teacher? I'm like, no, Um, there's teachers that are in their 80s and you think they're like, you know, doing a headstand right now. I mean, they could, but should they or, you know, so um, having a incredible or impressive or whatever contortionist asana practice does not make you a good teacher. What makes you a good teacher is, again, your voice, the presence, your compassion, your uh, being able to listen and look through the room and see what's going on and be able to teach from there and adjust and teaching what yoga is. And that will make you, those are qualities of a good teacher. So the asana practice is not going to make you a better teacher. It will, for those that are interested in doing, you know, an hour handstand or whatever it may be, whatever the goal is, but that's completely different. Yeah. And also like um, all these classes, whether it's you go on a retreat or you go to some classes or and I and I do like I like retreats and I like the yoga trainings, too, because it's about getting to know other people. And like you said, like like building a sense of community and you're not alone in this. And sometimes when you go to classes, it's easy just to go in and out and not really talk to anyone. But when you get together and you do a training with a group of people, now you're there's a group of you that come together for that purpose and you're together for however long, six months, you know, and are you go on a retreat and you're all in each other's space for like five, four or five days, you really get to know people and you get to bond with different people and you realize, okay, I'm not alone, you know? It's so easy just to be separate in your life and in your what you're choosing, like just go to the gym, come home, go to yoga, come home and not really get to know anyone. Yeah, definitely. I highly believe that the community, the yoga community is a beautiful one and it should be nourished and people 
deserve and should be and have interaction in a support system. When I do these trainings, we truly feel like family and we are family because we see each other every single weekend for, like you said, five to six months. And um, everyone that is in the training, they develop a great connection, not only with themselves, but with the person and people surrounding them. They go out to lunch, dinners, they celebrate birthdays. They just become family after that and great friends. So I think that's absolutely beautiful. and. You know, it's the connection that we all want. We all are social beings at the end of the day. Yeah, I love it. You're making me want to do another training, Naya. <laughs> <laughs> you have your 200 hour already, yeah. so come through. To the I, know. <laughs> I want to do the 300 hour now, just for the fun of it. And like, what if you really everything you're choosing, whether it be yoga or movement or dance or whatever, whatever it's a retreat or a training, it's from the fun and the joy of it, you know? Certainly, certainly. Everything else just falls into place. And again, I'm beyond grateful, truly. Well, if anybody would like to find you or find what you have going on, where's the best place to reach you? I know I have your website link up there. Is that the best place? Probably your website? Certainly. My website is the absolute best place to reach <laughs> out, to find what's going on. My website is... And then... If people want to check out your Instagram, go check out Naya. Give me your last name again. Yep. Ra Naya Rappaport. Rappaport. And then also um, Space Unknown in Delray Beach. If you're local in Florida, you want to check that out. That's, um, I suppose they could. you have a website for Space Unknown as well. Yes, we do. It's uh, Visit Unknown. And Naya, are you doing online stuff? Because I know a lot of my listeners um, are around the world too. Like, um, so if they were looking for some online movement classes, do you have anything online at the moment? Certainly, we have the uh, Visit Unknown, uh, the Delray Beach Studio. We offer some workshops that are online. So we have a meditation workshop coming up, a, you know, a New Year manifestation. We have a lot of fun things coming up. And those will be available online. The weekly classes are not, but workshops and special events are. And I teach um, several workshops every so often, um, every other month, I would say. And I usually, most of the time, I teach them online. They are available both in person and the Zoom experience. Brilliant. So go check check that out too at Space Unknown, guys, if any of you are looking for some online movement classes and Try something new. Try a different teacher. You never know what you might learn. So thank you so much, Naya, for joining me. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to connect. Yeah. And I am very excited to hug you. <laughs> we get to meet in person. How did I get so lucky to have you here in South Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.